Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us and uh, appreciative, really, of each one of you and the time that you would take to share this time with me. Uh, Just in the Word of God uh, every day, no fanfare, nothing special, just opening the Bible, next chapter, next verse, what does the Bible say? And there's just something about the way the Bible speaks to our lives. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The, the crazy thing about the Bible is as we study the Bible, the Bible shows you things about you that you would not have otherwise known. It's, it's like that high priest knife that he would take and open that sacrificial animal and then open the animal up and then see on the inside what can only be seen when you apply the knife. See, that's what happens when you apply the sword of the word of God. It shows you the inside that you can only see with the sword. So the word of God has that kind of power in your life and in mine. We are in uh, Mark chapter 1. We left a a whole line of people yesterday at the doorstep of Peter's house. Remember, Jesus had gone there after his busy day at the synagogue. He had healed Peter's mother-in-law. And I was so proud of myself yesterday because I didn't tell one mother-in-law joke when I told that story. And I'm not going to do it today. Uh, But then the Bible says, as the evening time came, people that have now heard of this miracle, they begin to bring all their hurting people, all their loved ones and acquaintances and neighbors and friends to Jesus. And is that not a great template? That as we find out about how great Jesus is, that we would want to bring all the hurting people to Jesus, the poor and the halt and the blind, the, the blind and the maimed, and and the most importantly, those that have spiritual needs, that we'd want to reach out to neighbors and friends and coworkers and loved ones and bring them to the doorstep of Jesus Christ. So there's some great application here as well. Verse number. 34, let's find out how Jesus responded to this line of people at the door. The Bible says, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases. That means different kinds of diseases. He cast out many devils. He suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Boy, you see that unseen world. Remember, we talked about that. Wow. Verse number 33, and in the morning, Okay, so one verse really describes how he responded to that long line at the door that came at the end of the day that he spent all that night healing and helping, applying his miracle working power and his, his, his authority all night long. And then the Bible says, this, this is an amazing sequence here, verse number 33, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day. So understand that that Jesus, yes, he 
was all God on planet Earth. We talked about the hypostatic union, fully God, but divesting himself of godly prerogatives. What do I mean by that? I mean that he was all God, but he was all man. And he chose voluntarily to submit himself to all of the same limitations that we have as human beings. Limitations like we need sleep, uh, we need food, uh, we experience pain, we get tired. So understand that when the Bible says that Jesus was up that night doing all of those healings and, and working all that night and then rising up a great while before day, that wasn't that he just didn't need sleep. That means that there was a greater priority than even his physical rest. That was his time with the Father. Because the Bible says, and rising up a great while before day, uh, he departed into a solitary place. He went to get alone. Uh, just recently, I had the privilege of, of walking from the village of Chorazim, which is about uh, three and a half miles north of Capernaum, downhill, down the, along the, 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 the Chorazim River to really kind of a stream to Capernaum. So I've done this walk. And along the way, it was interesting. We found all kinds of little sheep coats out in the wilderness. Uh, the, the, the area really has been untouched in these 2,000 years. It's, it's, it's like you're walking back in the times of Christ. And we saw a, a, a tree here and a, just a full of solitary places. Uh, just you can picture Jesus making his way out of the city and finding uh, just a, a, an alone place to pray to spend time with, the, with, with his father, to refresh his spiritual energy. Isn't that what the Bible says? He went to a solitary place and there prayed. It's interesting. In the ministry of Jesus, uh, the disciples didn't ask Jesus to teach them how to preach, to teach them how to do some of these wonderful things. No, but they did say, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, they saw it in him. They saw it as a priority and a passion in his life that Jesus was a man of prayer, and they wanted to learn that. And wa watch what happens in verse number 36. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. So always know this as leaders, that as you engage in spiritual priorities, as you put God first, as you, as you pursue your own uh, careful, prioritized walk with God, those that call you leader will follow you in those ways. They see, they watch. You're speaking a message and teaching a lesson without ever speaking a word. What a great example Jesus was providing uh, for his followers. And the Bible says in verse 37, and when they had found him, so they looked for him, they followed him and they found him in that solitary place. And they said unto him, all men seek for thee. So it's almost as if Jesus is getting alone. He's spending time with his father. And yet early that next morning, the disciples follow him. They said, Jesus, you know, we don't have time for this. Uh, everybody is here to see you. And you, you, if you think the crowd was big last night, boy, all of these people that you healed last night, they went home last night and all that did was 
create a greater expectation and your fame is spreading even more rapidly and everybody's coming to get their miracle. I mean, this is just making your life that much more hectic. So what is Jesus going to do? How is Jesus going to respond to this new uh, wave of people that want physical healing at his touch? Well, you might be surprised. Look at what Jesus says in verse number 38. And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns. No, I'm not going, I'm not going to accommodate these that have come. Well, that seems a little bit odd. I'm not going to make my ministry simply a ministry of healing sickness. Why? Because there will always be sick people. And sickness will come and then it'll go, it'll return. And there are millions and today billions of people on this earth. And if all we're here to do is help people physically, and I'm not against that, that helps people temporarily. And Jesus had a bigger and a greater mission. He didn't come for the purpose of doing miracles. The miracles he did were strategically done to validate the message of his mission, to seek and to save that which was lost. So the Bible says that Jesus said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. Hey, let's go over to these other towns that I might preach. That's why I'm here. I'm here to proclaim the message, repent and believe the gospel. We talked about that about five episodes ago. Repent and believe that that's why I'm here, to give people the good news of my coming. Verse number 39, and he preached, that's what he was called to do, in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, Wilt thou canst make me clean. So this is interesting. So in the middle of all of this, you have this random leper. Now remember, leprosy was very contagious. And if a person had leprosy, they weren't allowed to come within any close distance of anybody else. They had to live apart from society. You certainly could not touch them, nor could they touch you. If they traveled down a road, they had to literally scream, unclean, unclean to let people know, maintain your social distance from me. We all know what that is now, right? So look at verse number uh, 41. And so the leper came, he kneeled down. He said, if thou wilt, canst, thou canst make me clean. He had great faith in the ability of the Lord. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. Wow. Now we already know that Jesus didn't have to touch somebody to heal him. He didn't touch that man that was possessed of the devil. He didn't touch the nobleman's son when he told the nobleman to go back from Cana to, to, to uh, Capernaum to be healed. He didn't touch the centurion servant boy when he healed him from a distance. Jesus didn't need to touch somebody to heal him. But I think out of compassion and to show his, his, his feeling of love for this man, he actually touched this leper hadn't been touched in who knows how long. His own family couldn't touch. Nobody could hug him. And yet Jesus lovingly reaches out and touches him. And the Bible says that he uh, said, I will be thou clean. 
And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And straightway he charged him and forthwith charged him and forthwith sent, sent him away and saith unto him. Now, don't miss this. We're almost done with the chapter. See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, because in order to go back to synagogue and resume life, you had to get a pronouncement of cleanness by the priest. So go get your, get checked out, get your clean bill of health from the, from the priest and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Don't tell anybody. Just, just go back to normal life. I've healed you. Don't tell. Now, why would Jesus tell somebody whom he had healed not to tell anybody? Because remember, Jesus didn't want his ministry to be about just healing lines. No, he healed the man, but he didn't want this healing to be a distraction to a future message. He wanted to preach the message and not be distracted by all the future people that would come if they heard about this miracle. So what does the leper do? Verse number 43, but now in contrast to what Jesus told him to do, he went out and began to publish it much. He told everybody and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places and they came to him from every quarter. So what happened? This man disobeyed the Lord, didn't he? He told everybody. And it caused Jesus not to be able to even preach in the cities. He went out into the desert and people even came and found him there. So what's the point? The point is Jesus is on mission. The mission he has is the mission of the gospel. The most important part about his ministry is his message. Repent, believe the gospel. Miracles are important, but only as they validate the message, not when they distract from the larger ministry of Jesus. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus is to be emphasized, focused upon. The message of the gospel is to be primary in our lives as we share it. Let's not let ministry get in the way of the message. What a great application for us at the end of chapter number one. Hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.